big fan of your background, Rob. Yeah, uh, well, I find, I, it's been the same for ages, hasn't it? I can't remember. It's been the same since Sonoma was launched because uh, I just I keep forgetting to change it. Yeah, no, no one knows this apart from us because this is obviously an audio-only podcast at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to change. There'll be news at some stage, but um, yeah, just to to paint the picture literally, Rob is sitting in front of Battersea Power Station with a pig flying across it. And if if you don't know what I'm referring to, there, you're not allowed to listen to this podcast ever again. I'm not even going to say what it is. You don't know what it is. Half my family didn't, mainly on Jen's side, just to. Throw the knife in, um, but uh, yeah, if you don't know what I'm referring to, you're, you're not you're not welcome here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels like has it been two weeks since we did this? It feels like it's been longer. I was going to say the opposite. It, they they just seem to come flying around now. Was it last since... week? Or was it when, when was that Apple event that nearly killed me? Was that two weeks ago? The scary fast. I was thing? yeah, it was two weeks. Ago. That did nearly kill me. It's horrible. Um, well, the event wasn't horrible, but the, the aftermath was in terms of the lack of sleep and my inability to cope with all-nighters. But um, what's happened since? It's quite a bit, I think. It, it has a lot happened. Where do we start? Um, as well, this, this, this past week, there's been a lot of new exciting stuff released that we can talk about. But I think what people probably want to know about is your, uh, your little jolly to Battersea Power Station. Which kind of explains your background, doesn't it? Would be a bit of a random background just to have Battersea Power Station for absolutely no reason. But have you been down there just out of interest in the last year? No, not not since they converted it. It's all fancy now, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. It's um, it's very kind of chic, very London, very twenty twenty three. Um, really nice, lovely apartments and stuff around there. And obviously the power station is just a. It looks brand new. It looks like they've knocked it down and rebuilt it, which I think is what they did for a lot of it, from, from the looks of it. Someone told me today that they they had to take the towers down and clean them. Apparently, I don't know how true that is, but that sounds like quite a tricky job. Um, but yeah, no, I've been there twice this week, which is weird, I suppose, isn't it? It's, it probably needs explaining. Um, but I went there on Tuesday uh, because if people aren't aware, Apple's HQ is based there, so. You can go to it. There's an Apple store there because most of Battersea Power Station now is just a great big shopping center or mall, as they say in the, in the States. Um, so there's a big Apple store in there, but there's actually Apple HQ. That's where they, they moved into in February this year. With I think Tim Cook came over, didn't he? Tim Did he? I, I missed this completely. No, I think he did. I, I vaguely remember it. I vaguely remember him, him being there and saying how lovely it was and, and everything. Um but yeah, I, I was in, to, to cut a very long story short, I, I was invited there by the Mac team uh, about a week ago, and this was just through. Um, well, I've, I've been speaking to them on and off for the last twelve months. Um, some of which I can't sort of say why, because it's you know, as you can imagine, I'll, I'll be carried off in a, a black backed out car, um, <laughs> presumably. But um, yeah, I've been talking Bumbled to them on and off. The, the back of a self driving Apple van. Yeah, imagine that. I'd quite like that. <laughs> way to go um and yeah they got in touch last week and said do you want to come for a for a little briefing about the m3 imac and the m3 macbook pro bearing in mind this is about a week after it was launched and people had them in their in their homes um not i'm not complaining at all it's lovely to be to be, to be invited over but um yeah it was like a, a mini press briefing and uh yeah i got to ask questions and they took me into a little room as you can imagine a lovely room kind of kitted it it felt like you're in johnny ive's front room basically um they had those big tables that they had obviously having the design studio and uh you know that you see in apple stores as well 
and uh, yeah, I, I was kind of given a proper tour of the M3, a, a fully specced out, decked out, decked out um, iMac, 24-inch iMac, and then all three versions of the, of the MacBook Pro, all three chips. Um, they had watched the video, and I will come on to this, but they had watched the video uh, over the weekend where the Intel iMac beat the M3 iMac. We, we will we will discuss this because there's lots of, to talk about. Um they, but they were lovely about it. I, I did wonder because they invited me before I published that video. I, part of me did think after publishing that video on Sunday, I won't be allowed in. There's not. There's no way they're going to let me through the door if I'm basically telling people to keep their their Intel iMacs. Um, but yeah, the, the first thing they said to me when I walked in was, "Saw your video, um, so you probably don't need to see all of this, but <laughs> we'll show you whatever you want." Um, and yeah, that was it. I got to ask questions. I, it wasn't, you don't, it's very controlled, as, as you can imagine. There's only so, so many things you can ask. There's only so many things you want to ask, really. Um, but I, I just kind of focused on what their positioning was for all this stuff. And you know, where does the 8 gig thing sit, sit with people now? Where does it sit with Apple? You know, what, who do they think the 8 gig M3 Mac is for? Um, to which their answer was fairly obvious, really. It was a case of, Whoever doesn't need all the mammoth processing and graphics capabilities of the of the the, you know, the more expensive chips, basically, um, and they gave the usual spiel about it being you know eight gig is very different to eight gig in, in Intel and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah, and that that was it really. I was I was there for about half an hour. It was a very very lovely people, very lovely place. The interestingly, you you, you wouldn't know it was there because if um, anyone's been to Battersea, they'll they'll know where I mean. You walk in and there's like a, a pret on the right hand side, and then directly ahead there's this, these great big glass windows and there's some lifts like glass lifts going up and down and what looks like a reception area for something. But there's no Apple signage or anything at all. There's just two iMacs either side that's the only clue really that it's got something to do with apple um lots of security and stuff and then you walk in and then you go up to one of the imacs and you sign in who you're meeting etc and they they just magically appear in these willy wonka lifts and um take you upstairs into the into like the main area but it's once you go up it's they've t i'm not sure it's hard to work out how much of the building they've got but it's a lot i think they've, they've taken up a lot of battersea power station um and yeah, it's just it's it's very Apple-y, as you can imagine. I only saw a very tiny part of it, but the bit the bits I saw felt like you were walking through a kind of UK Apple Park, if you like. Very very interesting. It's very very iconic, cool place to have your HQ. Yeah, you can see why they've done it there, can't you? I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good choice because they were somewhere in central London before, weren't they? Because um, Battersea, the only problem with Battersea is it's a bit out of the way. You have to kind of go south of the river. It's a bit of a long tube ride from central London, um, you know, the, the kind of zones one and two. Um, not not that difficult, but it's but given what it is, and like you say, how iconic it is, it, it makes sense, I think. But um, And I went there again today. I was, I was at Battersea Power Station twice. So today, Rob's getting, uh, you're getting disturbed, aren't you? I think we need, whoever that is, should come on the podcast. Oh, hang on, bear me one sec. <laughs> it's an exciting moment. There's about to be a third guest host on the 8 or 16 podcast who will probably do a much better job than Rob and I. Oh. Hello. <laughs> are you our new, our new host? Daddy. <laughs> what we should do, I should get Harrison and they can just both <laughs> chat and it would be much more interesting than that than what we're talking about. What do you reckon? You can't hear me, can you? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 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 
Immediately, <laughs> that's, that's the most interesting thing we've ever had on A416. <laughs> What's he saying? He's, he's, he's just he's talking to me. So can you say hello, Mark? Hello, Mark. Hello. <laughs> you gonna replace your dad? Be my be my new co-host. I can hear him. Just nod. Just go like that. Say so, yes. I'm much what better than that. Right, you need to go back to bed. Okay, I'm gonna go and put back to bed. Hang on. Oh, no Sorry about that. that. No, that was immediately my favourite part of this podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the only time that I went to uh, Battersea this week, Rob. I've, I've been twice to, to the same place over the course of three days through fairly bad planning on my part. But um, I had lunch with Beats today. Oh, very nice. Yeah, Dr. Dre wasn't there, which is a bit of a disappointment, but um, I thought we might pick up the bill. <laughs> um. I, I, I can't say much about it. It's nothing that exciting, really. It's just a case of a kind of a chat and, a, you know, a, a bit of a, a powwow. Is that, is that what they call it? Is, is powwow still a thing? Do people still say that? Who knows? No idea. It's bruising. That's what it was about. Did, did you get to put some faces to names of people you've been dealing with? Uh, I did, yeah, which was very nice. Yeah, it's very rare that happens, actually. I mean, you do it occasionally here and there, but um, particularly with big brands, you, you don't tend to see anyone you know you tend to deal with people through an intermediary or through a, you know, an agency but um not with not with these guys they're re- refreshingly kind of uh present and yeah it's it's, it's nice it's, it's nice it gets me out of the studio rob that's the main thing so you've been to the apple hq at battersea you yeah. had a half hour chat about imax you went back a few days later to meet some of the beats crew yeah and it's a nice place that's that's the long and short of my week yeah basically marvelous but was Enough it of... uh was it nice seeing all of the colors of the iMac all in a row it that was, was a nice really photo that you took there yeah the um the orange one i really want but you have to i always forget what it is there's you have to upgrade something to get the orange one don't you you can't get the base model orange yeah you got to go up a tier I should have asked them about that. Is the orange linked to, to performance or something? It must be. <laughs> but it's. Have you seen them in person? The orange ones. I, I haven't, but they look spectacular in pictures. Looks very nice. Really nice. They're all nice colours, actually. To be fair, I just wish they'd put those colours into other products, like the Mac Mini and what else? The iPhone, actually. Why not? The iPhone yeah. Pro Max. Go for it. Let's make it more interesting. So, yeah, I mean, this is all well and good, right? We can't skirt around the issue. You uh, created a bit of a hoo-ha when you uh, when you compared the M3, base M3 iMac to your 2017 27-inch Intel yep. iMac when it exported a video faster than the M3. Yep, it did. I've got the timings if I want to. Shall we remind everyone of the timings? So, no, I don't think anyone cares. Fair enough. Just very, very quickly. The the um, this was exporting from Final Cut Pro to ten minute four K footage, and the twenty seven in, in, in twenty seven inch either even iMac did it in four minutes and twenty three seconds, uh, and they, then the M one iMac did it in four minutes and fifty four, and the M three iMac did it in four minutes and fifty three. So the twenty seven inch iMac from two thousand seventeen was. 30 seconds quicker on the export. It was a lot slower on the render by about 10 minutes or whatever it was. But it's, uh, yeah. And I've just caused a right old ruckus in the comments, which is utterly brilliant because it's, um, it's, it's 
it's kind of sent that video through the stratosphere in terms of engagement and the, the old algorithm. Yeah, no, it's good. Good to have healthy discussion going on. But so the thing that everyone was getting upset about was that you were comparing a machine that's got 32 gigabytes of RAM yep. with the eight gigabytes of unified memory in the base spec M3. And so in your recent newsletter, you addressed this live by doing the same thing but with only eight Correct. and it took a lot longer as you might expect i suspect that a lot of people are going to complain about that as well because presumably will. presumably you didn't go and get a matched pair of four gig sticks you just took three of the four eight gig they were matched you mean matches in terms of the identical sticks no i mean so ram works best when you've got a pair so your machine had 32. There are four slots. I'm assuming you didn't have two 16 gig. No, it was, it was all eight gig. In there. It was four eight gig. So oh, you I'm removed three of them. Correct. So you Left only had one, one in there, yeah, which will run it. slower than if you had two four gig. I hope so. I hope that's the case. And I hope that really annoys people. <laughs> well, yeah. So just I'll, to this continues. Um, yeah. No, no just one's to mentioned prepare you for that. Thank you. That's very kind of you. The the the, the um, newsletter went out today, so we'll see if anyone pick if anyone picks up on that. Which I'm sure they will. They may not. Who knows? I don't really care. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it did. I mean, I I learned quite a lot from this because I don't know how how Macs work. You know, I, I gave up making PCs when I was about 23, so and that was quite a long time ago. So, um, I love tech, but I don't really care how it works. So, I I just don't know how much more obvious I can make it that these benchmarks in inverted commas that I do aren't really ben benchmarks. They're very much back of the fag packet. Um, don't take them seriously, please. But what happens, understandably and quite rightly, everyone wants to have their say. Um, so immediately people started saying, hang on, the RAM, the RAM's different. And I genuinely forgot about that when I was doing that test. There's, there's a lot going on with these tests. You know, you're filming yourself, you're trying to make it interesting. And there's a lot to kind of keep on top of and if you're not a proper benchmarker, you know, I'm, I'm not max tech, um, then you're going to forget about things. And I totally forgot about the RAM thing to the point where I didn't even mention it. I didn't even reference it. I think at the end, the only thing I referenced, referenced as being a difference between the setups was the, it was Mac OS, which was a Ventura on the, on, on the Intel iMac, because that's as far as it would go. I couldn't upgrade it to, um, to Sonoma. Um, I completely forgot about the, the other big difference, which was the RAM. If I'd said that at the end, I think that would probably have stopped or prevented a lot of the comments because it, I think people took took um, offence to the fact that I hadn't mentioned that at the end. But I just I just forgot basically. Um, but RAM is clearly a big factor in exporting from Final Cut Pro, which I I didn't know. That's that's a lesson for me. So that's that's interesting. Um, it's, well, it's relatively interesting. Um, but the problem is, people everyone wants to have their say, and what what happens on YouTube is that people do that but they don't just double check the comments so if you if you if a video has been published a week ago and you watch it and think oh hang on a minute that's wrong i don't know about you but i tend to then i don't, I don't comment on videos anyway but if, if, I, if I was the type of person to comment i think i wonder if, he, if he's been told this already you look in the comments and then you see four thousand comments saying mate you've done it you've, you know, the ram thing isn't fair and then you think, well, I'll perhaps leave him at that. He's probably aware of this now. But no, what happens, people don't do that, or they just want to have their say again. So you wake up every day, and there's another 50 people telling you that the RAM thing is unfair. And it does get a little bit tiring after. It's, it's brilliant for the algorithm, don't get me wrong. But it does get a bit tiring after a while being told the same thing again mm. and again and again. And then you occasionally get people saying different things, like, oh, it's not. it's got nothing to do with the RAM. It's, it's the SSD. 
or it's, it's Mac OS, or it's the fact that Final Cut Pro isn't optimized any, optimized anymore for the um, the Radian chips, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Did it have? Does is it is your iMac fully SSD? It's got a Fusion drive, hasn't it? No, it's SSD. It's fully yeah SSD'd up. So you upgraded that? I'm pretty sure as standard that as in 2017 that would have still been Fusion drive era. No, because you can't change them, can you? On those, I think you can only upgrade the RAM. I'm sure oh, I, bought, I, 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 I did. I bought it with an SSD. I remember. Um, hmm. I don't think you can change the SSD on those, can you? I might be wrong, but it may have been. I can't remember, but yeah, 2017 was around the time that you had on the iMacs. You had the Fusion drive, where you get sort of four gigabytes of um, solid state, and then the rest is mechanical. So. I think if you if you're certain that you've got a fully because you wouldn't know it would just show you your the capacity of your drive, um, but if it's fully SSD, I'm pretty sure you, that was a build to order option. It was yeah. I mean the whole thing was spec was spec specific. Yeah. I think I think it went from eight to sixteen gig. I, I, I then later upgraded it to sixty thirty two. Um, but yeah, it was it was a, it was a kind of a, a, a spec to order. Back so then, I mean, what, so the, I mean the, the, in your test, the takeaway for me was that you know, okay, if you've if you've got a twenty seventeen inch, a twenty seventeen twenty seven inch five K iMac, it's it's still decent, but that yeah. would have cost you in excess of two and a half grand, and you can get a machine that is more powerful for half that now. Yeah, that's 100%. kind of mind blowing. It is, yeah, and that was my conclusion. Really, I can't, I can't remember my exact words, but it was along the lines of: if your Intel Mac's still working and it's not causing you problems, keep it, unless you're worried about security updates and all that sort of stuff. But equally, if you want an M3 iMac, get it because look, look at what it can do. It's ridiculous. The fact you can export that stuff and render it, as a lot of people pointed out, and something else I didn't really pick up on while I was doing the testing, um, is that regardless of that that 32 gig iMac. Yeah, the, the time that it did the export in. If you if you combine the time of the render and the export, it still took a lot longer than both the M1 and the M3. And for that to be the case, you know, uh, again looking at the cost of these things, two and a half grand for that Intel iMac versus a bit more than that actually with the, with the extra memory um, versus the what thirteen hundred quid, fourteen hundred quid for these base model M M1 Macs. The fact you can do anything like that on on, on a base model eight gig machine is ridiculous. Um, they're, they're super super impressive. Uh, computers these and and that 24 gig one that i saw at apple uh, on tuesday was was ridiculously quick the things they were doing on that was just mind-blowing um, which just does prove that ram you know or unified memory in this case has a, has a massive difference in terms of performance still to this day are you thinking about sending back your 48 gigabyte macbook pro it's it's been it's going to be returned yeah i've i've, I've reordered so i've reordered so uh, i don't know if i mentioned this last time but i i, I kind of very after the the scary fast event, I, I hurriedly ordered a, a MacBook Pro. Um, spec'd up, spec'd up everything apart from the the SSD because you know I don't want to sell my house to get eight terabytes. Um, went for two terabytes with that. Spec'd up the M1, uh, sorry, the M3 Max chip, um, but left the unified memory at forty eight gig, which is what uh, kind of that, the base um, level of, of unified memory for that chip. And then immediately regretted it after I hit checkout, thinking I. For another two hundred quid, which at that point, who cares? Um, I could have gone up to sixty-four. So I've um, I've got the forty-eight gig one, which is the one that I'm going to review. 
Um, but I'm going to use Apple's very generous return and extended returns policy at the moment. It's ex- extended until just after Christmas um, nice. to return that and get the 64 gig one in, which is and that's it's winging its way to me at the moment. Marvelous. So I guess I'm going to have to wait for your opinion, your review. When when's that coming? The uh, next week. So my my first thoughts, my kind of first impressions of it next week. Um, I mean, I, we can talk about it. it it's a MacBook Pro. <laughs> it's yeah. it's, well, it's I mean, not really different. All I really want to know is how fingerprinty it is and whether or not your suspicion was confirmed that all the YouTubers had been told to hold it in a particular way so as to not show the fingerprints. It does pick up fingerprints. Not Nowhere near as bad as the midnight colour for the MacBook Air. Um, it's definitely better than that. But I, I noticed, cause I, I filmed a... Um, a sponsor read for this video for next week and i did that a couple of days ago i uh, didn't think anything of it and they went went back to edit it and noticed there's a great big smudge on the side of the of the casing on, on, on the lid and bearing in mind this is a laptop that i've not really used much at all because I want, I want to be careful with it i don't want to kind of take the you know you know what and send it back to apple um so i haven't used it a huge amount yet in, in anger um yeah it still had smudges so and, and they remained there they hadn't kind of disappeared so I probably need a bit longer with it to to give my full opinion, but um, it's a lovely color. I think there's a lot of people have pointed out it's not black; it isn't actually black, but it's very, very dark, very, very, very dark color, and um, look, looks really smart. Did you not manage to black a polishing cloth when you went to see them? Oh, I should have done that, shouldn't I? <laughs> should have nicked one. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, there's there's an in in joke in the notes for you there. Just, just a request this. from me to you. So this is the perceived. This is a graph which is the perceived proneness of a MacBook, based on the seconds elapsed at a coffee shop. Uh, am I getting this right? So yep. if you basically if you've got a, Mac, a black MacBook Pro, it takes a lot fewer seconds it's, it's for people n- to realise it's a professional device. No, that's not that's not how that's not how you read that graph at all. So this is the an actual Apple graph, okay, of Pro versus color. Uh, You've got okay. one line that is for a black MacBook Pro, and the other line is for other colors. And you can see that after sixty seconds in a coffee shop, a black MacBook Pro is ninety percent more Pro than any other color. Oh, it just fact. is more Pro. It's not it's not, per, not perceived by people looking. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah, no, no it, that's exactly what it is. it's it's perceived. Proness. That's what I meant. Yeah, so people percent greater. Okay. Whereas other colours, if it's I don't know space grey or there aren't many other colours, are there really? Or any other coloured laptop, basically. I don't know what else to say about the M3 MacBook Pro. It's I mean I'm I'm glad I've gone for the for the 14 inch one. Again, it's early days, but I I know I did the right thing with that. Uh, but I didn't need it. I mean, four and a half grand nearly. It's so much money for a computer. It's a scary amount of money for a computer. Yeah, it's, it's complete madness. Do you want to buy my 16-inch oh. M1 Max for four grand? No. Okay. Well, actually, interestingly, so you, you can get uh, brand-new M1 MacBook Airs at John Lewis for 800 quid, base spec. Really? Which is just a stupid amount of computer for the money. That's really good, isn't it? That's very good. Just very quickly on, on the M3 one, I, I think the M, the base model M3 MacBook Pro is a very, very good buy for a lot of people. I know it starts with eight gig of unified memory, but you can you can spec it up a little bit. But even with that, it's impressive. 
I think. Just given the fact that you, there's no touch bar, it's got the, the updated design with the SD card slot and you know, HDMI, etc. It's just, um, I think it's, they'll sell shed loads of those, I reckon. Yeah. How, how has the M3 content been going in terms of uh, views and stuff? Does anyone care? Um, from my channel's point of view, that it's done pretty well. Yeah, I think that the reaction to the event is probably the most um, uh, watched reaction video that I've done in terms of views. I think it's, it's th th those reactions tend to hit at the most ten thousand views and then just die off. Basically, this one's done about twenty something, um, and that M3 iMac thing has done fifty, just over fifty k now. So people do seem to be interested, but I, I have seen other people published stuff um that hasn't done as well um mm. is, I don't know, is it that exciting mean, are you excited by it no not in the slightest no i think i think it's, it's, it's only because the m1 is so good and and that's it just I, I can't i i would love i would love for it to to be a situation where you know i could justify getting a new one but i can't because it just they just both the my m1 my base m1 macbook air and my base m1 mac mini they just chew through anything i throw at it they they really shot themselves in the foot i think with that <laughs> they must have known this they must have known it was such a big leap and it was so good the m1 chip is 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 still very good but anything beyond that it's gonna take years for there to be a similar in fact there probably will never be a leap as big as that ever again well, not for a long time, surely. Um, yeah, I totally agree. There's no need to upgrade, basically, unless you have an Intel machine and you want to. Um, but yeah, I've only done it because I, I do this for a living and I wanted a, a smaller laptop. That was it. But that's the only reason I've done it. But it's a very expensive mm. way to get a smaller laptop. Yeah. So hang on, if we just talk for half an hour about very uninteresting products... That's appalling. Oh, no, I suppose we had some interruptions, didn't we? Yeah, we, well, but people won't have heard the interruptions, so there has it feels like longer, but <laughs> it wasn't as long as it seems. Because we've got a whole load of genuinely interesting stuff to talk about. There's a lot of stuff here, isn't there? I don't know how we, how, we, we may not get through all of it, but do you want to pick out the bits? Because as always, you know more about this. You know more about tech than me, Rob, in terms of tech news. <laughs> um, do you want to pick out the stuff that is worth So the, the most exciting thing that's happened this last week is to do with messaging. So did you see the news that Nothing have released an app called Nothing Chats? I did. Which gives you iMessage on Android. And the way they're doing that is by harnessing the power of a third-party back-end called Sunbird, which is in beta and invite-only, and there's a huge waiting list. But if you've got a Nothing Phone 2, you jump straight to the, the, the front of the queue, and you can send and receive iMessages on your Nothing phone, which sounds great. However, it, it it works in the same way that the you know the hosted version of Beeper does, which is that you have to hand over your iCloud credentials, and then somewhere in the cloud there's a Mac or a virtual Mac logged in using your iCloud credentials that's grabbing that those messages and forwarding them on to your Android client. But, and, you know, depending on how much you rely on iMessage, how many of your, you know, peer group are, are on iMessage that, or your family or whatever, that might might be worth the trade-off. Like, it gives, it, I don't, I'm not keen on that because I've got 
there's quite a lot of value attached to my iCloud account, so I, I have resisted doing that. It's not necessarily that new and exciting because we've had things like Beeper before and Blue Bubbles. And in actual fact, I don't know if you're aware, you can self-host Beeper as well if you know what you're doing and you can be bothered. I thought it was quite cool. I like what they were doing. The fun thing about this story is that days later, and even within the last couple of hours, in actual fact, Apple have said that they're going to bring RCS support to iPhones next year. Now, whether or not that's in response to Carl and friends, or whether it just seemed like a good opportunity while everyone was talking about iMessage and all that sort of stuff, bearing in mind all of the the snarky... Um, you know, banners and adverts and things that Google and others have been putting out about Apple not supporting it. And I imagine that Apple have, have you know, looking quite far into the future and thinking, well, the EU have already forced us into using USB-C. It's only going to be a matter of time before, you know, it's going to be a a, a, le- you know, a legal requirement to support this multi-platform standard. Who knows? It was just interesting, the timing that, nothing to much fanfare you know they even got like mkbhd to do a video on it um and then just a few days later apple are kind of leveling the the playing field there by actually you know finding another way to bridge that that gap between android and iphone users yeah it's it's a it sounds like a bit of a coincidence doesn't it to me i don't know i mean it's great did did you hear did you hear that news I had I'd, I'd heard of it, didn't look into it any further to be honest, but um, had had the time. But uh, I, I love what nothing does with this. They, they know exactly what they're doing, don't they? Oh yeah, and that, well, that's just a PSA. The Nothing OS two point five beta is available. I don't know if you've, if you've got your Nothing Phone two handy. Not really. You can sign up for that. It's got some cool new stuff in it. Nice. I'll put a link for the next bit is Sonos and headphones. Yeah, so there's there's no hard evidence for this, but reading the tea leaves, there are three key things that are leading people to believe that Sonos are going to enter the headphone market. The first is a leaked email from their CEO, which says they're going to enter the headphone market. <laughs> the second is their recent earnings call, where uh, they were talking about a, a multi-year product cycle where they are going to sort of you know reap the rewards of their R&D investments. Now, I don't know if you remember that last year they bought um, an audio component company that specialise in um, miniature, the miniaturization of, of audio reproduction equipment so that they can produce more sound in less space. So obviously they bought that, the company, the expertise, the patents and all that sort of stuff. And what's also interesting is that Qualcomm have recently announced the S7 and the S7 Pro audio components, which will allow for lossless audio over Wi-Fi. So you bring all of those ingredients together and it seems quite likely that next year Sonos will enter the headphone market and shake things up quite a bit with some kind of really beautifully integrated within the sonos ecosystem fully lossless wireless headphones we i we, we think that's that's what it looks like such an obvious idea i'd never thought of that for sonos but when i read that early on on, on the outline i thought why yeah why not imagine having a pair of headphones that connects with your entire sonos system i love that 
just the, the, the streaming capabilities with that as well would be so so because it's, it's such a good platform for streaming stuff one, one of the best i think for streaming stuff um, but to have it integrated with your speakers as well yeah so was that news to you did you not know that prior to seeing it anything about it at all yeah so um that is news to me fingers crossed but you are you're your mates with sonos though aren't you so hopefully if they do do that you're the, you're the headphone guy maybe they'll send you some a bit upset they didn't to be honest but um <laughs> no that i mean that that just makes total sense they'll be astronomically expensive but they will sound fantastic and they'll look great and they'll feel great um, it'll be classic sonos stuff really and, and they'll they'll sell very well to the sonos crowd if, if this happens it sounds like it might happen if the if there's a leaked email from the ceo talking about headphones it's quite a, yeah you don't have to be sherlock holmes do you to kind of put two and two together so, yeah. so, although are you still friends with Sonos because you got into bed with Kef now? Did that not annoy them? <laughs> I don't know. That's a very good point. Hopefully not. Well, um, we're, we're all were friends. You, what, were you were you wildly positive about their their big their five hundred pound speaker? I mean, you said the color was crap, but it sounded really nice. Oh, what well, the the, the, the the move? Yeah, move yeah. Too. Uh, it sounds great. It's, it's, it's what I've just said, really. It's expensive. It's well built. It sounds great. It, it's for Sonos people, really. You, I don't think you'd buy it for any other reason. You'd add it to your existing Sonos system. Um, also, a, a quick PSA about that, actually. A, a slight mistake I made during my review is that I kept referring to taking it camping. And it's not designed for that at all. They have a product for that, which is called, I've completely forgotten, there is another Sonos product that is not not this one basically which is built for taking camping this is built for taking into your back garden the other move the move to is for keeping in your within your the grounds of your own home um but yeah it's but, great oh, they, they, they do have a, a more rugged one well we'll, we'll stick it we'll put that in the notes we'll put, we will put in the notes yeah so next on the list is oneplus who have a lovely website <laughs> i know have you, have you seen it recently not it yet. so it's very it's very polished it's very nice uh, but they, yeah, they, they've recently released a foldable, the OnePlus Open, and I think it looks lovely. And everyone loves it. I've, I've not tried it yet. I've not had a chance to have a play. But um, I think it's it's been pretty much universally praised, hasn't it? Are you friends with anyone at OnePlus? I don't think you covered OnePlus historically. We have, we have spoken to, the, to to them recently, but it was all a bit too late, really, for the for the for the Open. But um. Fingers crossed going forward, I might get, get in with them. But it's uh, it, it does look... I mean, you're not a foldable person, are you? You don't, you don't like your foldable phones. so I don't, I, I, but that's this is, the for me, the, the, the least worst-looking foldable yet, I think. I agree. There's still a crease, though. The crease is still there. It's not as pronounced. Yeah. Oh, and it's like 1,600 quid. I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to get one. I, I'm, it, it, it's interested me more than any other foldable to date. So that's quite good. Um, who else have come out with cool new stuff? DJI. There's a Pocket 3. That looks really cool, doesn't it? It's got, it's got like a one-inch sensor, a two-inch display that you can rotate into portrait or landscape, records... 10 bit 4k 120 frames but i mean it's just it does everything you need to do it that you need it to do and it's got a built-in gimbal so what i mean given well yeah given the quality that you got out of that dji action cam was it the action mm. 4 yep which you know to do its magic is obviously going to have to be cropping in and it does it very seamlessly and and but you are going to be losing some detail when it's doing that 
but to have actually the, the full frame because the stabilization is being done in hardware with a gimbal i think that's gonna the footage from that's gonna look spectacular have you seen some of the demonstrations of it no again not yet i know i know that it came out but i haven't looked into it i mean it, I, it does look genuinely impressive because I, mean, I love mine hang on hey, mine. on haven't you which one which version is yours? i've got the og no i've got all, all the gabbins the the nice. battery case the the the, sel the selfie stick with the remote control yeah and no, i got properly into the osmo oh this is a battery charging case that's a very fun little thing as well Amazing. so yeah no I, i'm oh, i've got like uh nd filters yeah i got the whole lot so yeah no, I, I when that came out and also i got that pretty not long after it came out which was what 2018 or something but i i've had an awful lot of fun with that but i it still works that it still holds charge i've got no reason to replace it but yeah if i did happen to like drop it into a lake i'd have a serious look at replacing it with a pocket three i think it looks fantastic everything the dj dji makes even though their name's very hard to say quickly um but everything they make is just wantable immediately isn't it you just you just need it in your life um, but they, the, uh, any any chance of them sending you one to play with not yet. No, nothing's happened yet. Who knows? I haven't, haven't heard Maybe anything. So, nicely. yeah, although, so I was saying that I thought that the footage from that is going to be spectacular. It's not going to be as spectacular as the A9 Mark III, which Game I'm sure you must have, you must have had a, a good look at. Yeah, I've not, not tried one yet, but, um, it, yeah, this is a, the, we could get, we won't go too deeply into this because it gets very camera geekery, but it's, uh, yeah, it's the first, um, what, what do we call it? I suppose it's the first DSLR kind of consumer-ish pro prosumer, whatever you want to call it, DSLR with a, a global shutter, which um, gets rid of. I think that the, the biggest thing it does that people would be aware of, who anyone who's used a DSLR camera for shooting video, if you've ever used it and you've kind of swung left or right very quickly, like a quick pan, you'll notice that the, the entire image kind of distorts. Um, which is, is just a horrible, horrible thing. It's called rolling shutter, basically. Uh, this doesn't that doesn't exist on a global shutter. Um, the, the technology I don't fully understand, to be honest. I've never really looked into it because it's it's never been an option because I've not wanted to spend thirty grand on a cinema camera. But um, that basically Sony have done the Sony thing and shrunk all of that tech down into a a much more affordable, um, you know, regular sized, regular body. Uh, DSLR basically, and it, it it's it's it is. I mean, all all the camera geeks, all the um, camera channels are saying this is now, this is you know, this is like the, you know, the leap from Intel to M1 in terms of uh, camera tech. So it's it's really exciting. Well, for everything except dynamic range, I'm led to believe there's some trade off. There is some trade offs here, but it's where, you know when you can take. Uh, you know, 120 perfectly in focus shots per second. You know, in raw. It, yeah, I I think you could live with that. Well, there's people doing demonstrations of this where they'll they, they'll show you what looks like video footage, but it's not. It's 120 frames <laughs> <laughs> of a basketball player doing a slam dunk. It's their photos. They're not actually. It's not video, but it's it's so fast and there's no issues with it. But yeah, there's going to be trade offs because it's a, it's still a very small camera. You know, if you if you want if you don't want any trade offs, you have to spend the fifty hundred and fifty grand on a on a you know, Venice cinema cinema camera. But just the fact Sony does this is great. 
the only problem with Sony is that they release a new camera every week. It's just, you can't. I'm so glad I don't review cameras because it, it'd be impossible to keep up with or try and make sense of, really. You know, the, the stuff they've released this year is just nuts. Although I've got a Sony ZV-E1 at the moment oh, yeah. on, from them, and it's 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 brilliant. It's easily one of the best cameras I've ever used. It's, it's basically an FX3, but considerably cheaper. Um Again, trade-off, so it didn't have a fan, so technically it could overheat, although that hasn't happened yet, um, mainly because I live in the, in, in the UK. But um, it's in terms of like a run-and-gun vlogging thing, it's just amazing, absolutely absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, I, like I said, they, they, they're just churning cameras out every week, but I, I felt it was worth mentioning this one because it, it's, yeah, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit special, isn't it? It is indeed. And then the oh, yeah, Steam Deck, Steam Deck OLED. Is it worth talking about that? No, no, not really. It's uh, it's a Steam Deck one and a half. It's they've just done what Nintendo did with the Switch when they went from just a you know regular display to an OLED display. It's, it's a bit bigger. It's not really any faster. No, it's got it's got a slightly bigger OLED display, so the battery life should be a bit better. But you know, you're not going to get more frame frames per second, or it's not a wild leap although someone on the discord's bought one okay mark fox who's our resident handheld enthusiast who buys all yep. of them so i guess we'll find out from him if it's any good but yeah cool. i mean if you haven't got a steam deck and you want one by all means get the OLED one but absolutely i mean people won't have heard this rob because obviously the the edit on 8 or 16 will be amazing because i haven't done it someone else has done it um but <laughs> i'm a bit concerned that you're you know you, you've given your daughter a, a, an amount of time by which you'll be present with her um that won't make sense to people on this i assume we haven't left any of that stuff in but there may, may be some, some of it in there um but i'm concerned that you're going to let her down in terms of this timing <laughs> she seems very very um aware of how long things take so with uh, that in mind what, what's very strange is that i think i told her 30 minutes and she was bang on that's what i mean wasn't she? she's she's, she's <laughs> which is she weird so with that, that in mind she doesn't she doesn't have a clock <laughs> So with that amazing timekeeping in mind, I think we should wrap it up. But before we do, um, I yeah. did notice on Discord earlier, and, and it is on the, on the list, um, you've had a, a, a delivery today, haven't you? Oh, yeah. So, you know, the, the, the Bobo VR upgraded strap for the Quest 3 that I've been banging on about for, well, ever since the Quest 3 was, was announced, it's arrived. So I, at the moment, you have to order it direct from China, and it takes couple of weeks to turn up it has to, well actually it, it took them quite a long time to even make them available to people in the uk um and eventually it'll trickle down to amazon so you can buy the previous generation ones for the quest 2 directly on amazon so i imagine they've got a, a pallet of those being shipped to a warehouse amazon warehouse somewhere you'll be able to order probably not this side of christmas but um where is it I still haven't got one, by the way. I still haven't got a Quest. Why not? Quest three. So, uh, hang on. So here's here's the original strap. Let's say sorry for those listening at home. It's a, just a bit of cloth, right? So to adjust the tension, you you, you pull you pull these, and then yeah. at the top you've got a Velcro strap that you basically uh, attach to the appropriate length. It's perfectly fine if it's just you using it. Trouble is, is that Mrs. Rob is really into it as well. So the, the benefit of this one is that it's got a twisty dial on it, you see. 
so it's super easy to just adjust and it's ratcheted it's uh it's a good bit of kit it's got a magnetically attachable battery pack so you can extend playtime to four hours it just nice. it looks better it feels better it's more padded it's more and it you just you put it on you turn the dial and you're in you're ready to go so yeah in those situations if you've got more than one person in your household who is likely to use it it's a worthwhile investment so it is both better and cheaper than the official meta one how expensive is it how much is it? Uh, well, at the moment, it's forty-six pounds as a, on an way? early bird discount. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, it's it's solid. It doesn't. It's not. You know, you'd expect a forty-six pound accessory to feel kind of cheap or shoddy, but it's not. That's a really nice bit of kit, and it all folds up nicely. The only downside is that I I think I've I've sung the praises of the yep. the wireless stand. So this yep. is, you know, this is really nice. I mean, it's, it's solid. So this is the official Meta Quest 3 stand. When you've got this <coughs> third-party strap attached, it alters the center of gravity such that it doesn't sort of plonk quite so conveniently onto that dock. So you've got to be a bit more careful about the placement. But I think all of the other benefits outweigh that minor inconvenience. Sounds um, like but it. yeah, so that turned up earlier. I'll play with it this afternoon and um yeah genuinely good bit of kit nice i think we'll finish on that one that's a nice uh at some point i'll get one i promise I, I think every every two weeks when we do this i say i'll get a quest three i haven't done it yet i need to put my money where my mouth is um rob i'm a bit worried that your daughter's gonna be demanding your attention now because you're well over 30 minutes yes well, so well, when she came in the second time, there was bang on 30 minutes, and I do not understand how she did that, because I'm pretty sure she hasn't got any concept of time whatsoever, but apparently she does. Kids, kids, uh, I mean, I'm behind you with this, because obviously Harrison's 18 months old, but uh, you, you very quickly realise that they are very smart very quickly, and they're normally ahead of you on most, most things. Like, Harrison can't, he doesn't talk yet, really. He, say, he says a few, he's, a few words are coming out, but he knows, he, he understands everything you're doing and asking of him. He can probably talk. He can probably talk better than you know, string attenders together <laughs> together better than me. But um, uh, he just doesn't want to, and he just realises you're, you're you're a smart little kid. And it's quite frightening. Kids are scary. Yeah. Let's finish on that note. Kids are frightening. Right, <laughs> Rob. I'll see you next week. No, not right. two, two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Cheers. All right. See ya.